the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It's a couple minutes after 4. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. Nice day. Some clouds, some sun, a little morning sprinkle. 82 the high, clear skies tonight, low 64, plenty of sun tomorrow, high around 86. Phillies did what you want to see a team do after they lose. They won, but not just any win. They were actually down 2-1 to one after seven innings last night. Looked like they might drop their second in a row, but they tied it in the bottom of the eighth and actually won in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, when Reese Hoskins had an RBI double. So they'd won, what, nine in a row, then lost 13-1 to one on Sunday, and then came back and won the game last night. Philly's interim manager, Rob Thompson, talked about that. It's big to come back and win right away, and maybe we get on a little bit of a roll here. But, you know, I talked to the guys before the game about we need to start winning games in our division. It's big, you know. We've, we've beat some teams that, you know, L.A. was kind of scuffling at the time, and, and we fed off of that and beat a first-place team in Milwaukee. And he said, you know, we got to start winning some games within our division. That's what good teams do. So this that's a good start. And we've got, you know, starting today, we have eight straight within our division. So it's good. Philly's interim manager, Rob Thompson, as he's talking there, I'm thinking, who does he sound like? And I'm thinking, it's not quite the same. Nobody really sounds like Clint Eastwood. But he kind of has that tough guy, you know, come on. Go ahead, make my day. So, yeah. Well, anyhow, Rob Thompson. That's my that's my little take on it. Uh, this next guy you won't you'll know, Reese Hoskins, who plays for the Phils, who won the game, talked about this as well. He sounds like my my friend Bill, but you wouldn't know Bill, would you? No, of course. But here's what Reese had to say about that game winning double and the team coming back for the rally to win. I think too, right? Like it's important to a get a win after breaking a streak that we had, um, just to keep the momentum. But I think more importantly in division and against a guy that we knew it was going to be a grind today. Sandy's obviously doing what he's doing and making it look easy. And he had really, really good stuff again. We knew we were going to try to – or we were going to have to scratch it across a couple runs. Um, wasn't pretty, but it's kind of what good teams do. That's uh, Reese Hoskins, who again sounds like my friend Bill. Again, not that you'd know. I should, have, I should have called Bill and had him on. You would have thought he's Reese Hoskins. You've got Reese Hoskins on the show? Now I have Bill on the show. Bill's a great guy. He's one of my most faithful friends. We don't talk often, but he initiates phone calls. You ever stop and think about who calls you and you who you call? I think about that sometimes. And, uh, and it's, it's interesting, the people who are proactive. And even if it's not for a long conversation, they remember to check in on you once in a while. And I want to be that kind of person, regardless. I mean, most of us, we're all busy doing our thing, so it's not like it's a, a slam on anybody who doesn't. But the thought about picking up the phone sometimes and just calling somebody because they crossed your mind, I encourage you to do that. I encourage myself to do that, especially in a day and age where you really don't have to talk to anybody to get through life, right? You can text everybody. You can email. You can kind of hide behind screens and uh, keep everybody at an arm's length in this socially savvy world. Uh, so I, the human voice to me still is, is a great thing. I love the fact that we have a show here where you can call in, and we do that every now and again. 
You're welcome to call in. Sometimes we have guests on, of course, and you can't pick up the phone in the middle of a conversation. But just to have that handy on that topic, 800-560-WFIL is our number. You're welcome to file that away, 800-560-9345. So put that somewhere and have it ready to call in. We have our theme days. We have our Trivia Thursdays, stuff like that. Or just to call in. Sometimes we'll just throw the line out there if you want to chime in on a topic, 800 560 WFIL. Now, I'm not against the, 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 all the other stuff. If you use it properly, technology can be a wonderful thing. Uh, sometimes all you need is a quick text. Although, isn't it interesting that sometimes if you step back and re- look at the texting, how long it took you to write that? Wouldn't it have been faster just to talk to someone? Our text line is 610-500-DOVE. If you want to put that one away too, 610-500-3683. 610-500-DOVE, like the bird. And while I'm on the topic, if you want to email, that's your thing. Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D. At WFIL.com, we welcome all those different types of communication. And every now and again, someone writes a letter. Our address has been here for years, 117 Ridge Pike, as long as I'm on the topic, 117 Ridge Pike, Lafayette Hill, PA, 19444. All right. Well, I didn't mean to give you all those numbers and information, but it's all true. And you're welcome to get in touch any way you like. I will say this about today's program. Looking forward to having Alan Jackson on the program, not the country singer, but the pastor who is on at 6 o'clock each weekday morning on WFIL. His uh, you know, broadcast just won a broadcast of the year, like organization ministry of the year uh, last year. And, and he's not about that. And I'm, I'm not going to bring that up with him per se. But it's pretty cool because, you know, he replaced, if you can really say that, uh, when we had Love Worth Finding with Adrian Rogers on for many years, and that program uh, stopped on our station a year and a half ago, something like that, and Alan Jackson moved in, and that's that's big shoes to fill, and yet he has filled them very, very well, and uh, we've had him on once before, love talking to him, very down home, he has a book coming out in August, and he's always doing a lot of other things, so we'll pick Alan Jackson's brain, that's a part of our show, a big part of our program today. Which, you know, rains it pours in a good way. It's like a thunderstorm lately. We had Wayne Monblow, Let's Talk About Jesus, last week. We've had Pastor Cedric Brown from Commitment Church in Linderwald, New Jersey on. Who else? Greg Laurie, A New Beginning. Uh, man, my, uh, Greg Harris, who's the president of Through the Bible with J. Vernon McGee, which is new to our lineup. And uh, Steve Arterburn from New Life Live. And Bob Butts, the COO of Truth for Life with Alice Jebeg. That's all like in the last week and a half. I've never seen such a clump of wonderful folks to talk to in such a condensed you know, amount of amount of time. Usually it's kind of spread out with all the different guests, but the program has its ebb and flow, ebbs and flows, and so we're glad to flow with this. Again, Alan Jackson of Alan Jackson Ministries is going to be joining us today on the Tim DeMoss Show. Let me sneak in, a, sneak in a couple other guests as well as the program unfolds. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Hallelujah, He reigns. He reigns. All God's children singing glory, glory. Hallelujah, He reigns. AM 560 WFIL.com on the app. That's Newsboys and He reigns. Pretty sure they'll be doing that at the Creation Festival coming up. June 29th through the 2nd of July. Details on that, WFL.com. We actually have discount tickets available. You can grab uh, up to a certain amount there. And uh, I think they're $75, which covers the entire week, gives you space to camp. It's a wonderful deal. We encourage you to check that out and take advantage of that 
while those tickets last at WFIL.com. Now, I want to just uh, randomly here bring in my friend Bill. Bill, are you there? Yes, sir. <laughs> How are you? June 29th, my birthday. It is? It is. I mean, it is. I knew that. <clears throat> <laughs> So now let me ask you a question because we have this new equipment in the studio and I don't really know how, like how it all works. If I play this music, tell me if you can hear this music a little bit in your, in your headset or whatever. Can you hear this? I can. Okay, good. So I'm gonna play a, a soundbite I played at the top of the show because when I was playing this soundbite, I thought this sounds exactly like my friend Bill, and I even said it on the air. I'm like, I should have had Bill ready to go on the air when I played this clip. So. I'm going to play this as a short clip, and let me see. And this will be a little game for you, see if you can tell who this is. And maybe you've been told this before, but here's, here's the clip. I think, too, right, like it's important to, A, get a win after breaking a streak that we had um, just to keep the momentum. But I think more importantly, in division and against a guy that we knew it was going to be a grind today. Sandy's obviously doing what he's doing and making it look easy. And he had really, really good stuff again. We knew we were going to try to... Or we were going to have to scratch it across a couple runs. Um, wasn't pretty, but it's kind of what good teams do. Now, do you know who that is? Uh, I'm going to guess Reese Hoskins. <laughs> yes. Now, have you been told that you sound like Reese Hoskins? No, no. This is uh, this is the first thing. You sound like like his I, twin. I, I, I didn't know that I had a voice doppelganger. It's it's true. So, yeah. So now I guess if I ever need some quotes from Reese Hoskins, you could be a stand-in double or something like that. I, I would do that. That's I good. would do that. Well, I was mentioning on do the that. air. Go ahead. No, sorry. Go ahead. You're, you're that good. And I, I would do that for you. That's so good. I'm going to play a little more Reese here. I think, too, right? Like, it's important to <laughs> hey, get a win after the It's my friend streak. Bill. Yeah. Plays for the Phillies. First base. Man, nice job by you. Well, I think after the strike. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing I did say, that, you know, in all seriousness, I, I mentioned uh, earlier in the hour how you, you're one of uh, my most faithful friends who calls me every now and again and checks it. How you doing? How's Tori doing? And all that. People care, and it does. I don't judge people whether they call me or not. But it's easy for us to kind of go about our lives. Everybody's busy, and not really take time for people, uh, even just to check in. I was I was thinking of you because of this. Like usually when you call me, it's not this big momentous thing. It's just something you heard on the air or something else just going through your mind. And it's a nice chance or, to get or you drive past a field and see a donkey or something like that. Yeah, thanks. Really appreciate that. Well, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you up to this afternoon? I just picked Caroline up from work. Nice. Caroline's here in the car. You want to say maybe Caroline sounds like someone? Say hi, Caroline. <laughs> hi. <laughs> yeah, she sounds like. Uh, not to keep thinking about it. She's say more than Caroline. <laughs> yeah, just that's exactly it. So, good. Well, enjoy your afternoon, man. And, uh, and, good to hear from you, brother. Uh, yeah, I was thinking of you. Just Reese Hoskins jostled my brain. And I, I realized we haven't talked for a while, so it's always good, though, when we do talk. I actually call, for other context, when, I, I call Bill when there's any military-related type stuff going on. You, when, did you, when was your years of service? Uh, I was in for six years. Flew on P3 Orion's out of Willow Grove. Wow. Well, when we had Oliver North on, for example, I gave you a call to understand 
uh, you know, different angles. And I'm trying to think of who else. Context. Yeah, yeah. And what was your, what was your thing when you said something about the trash talking that goes on between the the <laughs> like the. I, I said that it's all well and good. We'll we'll make fun of each other, other the each branch. But yes. uh, if someone else who didn't serve tries to chime in, then they usually get jumped all over. <laughs> of course, <laughs> by everyone. Yes, by everyone. That's good. All right, my it's, friend. Uh, it's funny you said about not hearing from somebody in a while. I had a barber that unfortunately uh, just recently passed away. I had been going to Walter since I was probably 16 years old. So almost 40 years I knew Walter, and I would I would either stop down with the girls to get a haircut at his house since he's retired now or not, and or just call him, for, you know, like once a month I would give him a call. And, and he would always tell me that I didn't have to call, that he, I'd, he'd be my friend no matter what. Hmm. And uh, hmm. uh, you saying that about how we hadn't talked in a while, and it kind of made me think of him. So thanks for that. Absolutely. And I, yeah. I just want to encourage the audience the same thing. People come and go. And I think sometimes people even don't pick up their phones. This is another kind of an angle on it, right? Sometimes somebody calls you like, I don't have time to really get into all that because you're afraid it's going to take too long. Because our communication in the world has been boiled down to quick texts or I can I don't check my text, don't look at my phone. You know, you can kind of keep everyone at an arm's length. And I just like to encourage people while you use the technology, to, the human voice is a beautiful thing. And to be able to have you get to hear the emotion and, you, get, you know, all of that you don't get with just words uh, on a screen, which have their place, too. So I uh, appreciate you. keep that skill because it's, a, it's an unused skill today. So that's something that uh, yeah. you can – you know, be one up on someone. It's true. A lot of people don't know how to do that voice. It's really true. It's really true. Well, God bless you, my friend. Right, Let's catch well, up again. Out, out here from Citizens Bank Park and uh, back to you, Timmy. <laughs> Thanks, Reese. <laughs> Have a good game tonight. All right. See I you, Bill. So. Bye-bye. That's my friend Bill, who's a longtime friend. Actually, DJed his wedding years ago and, uh, and we checked in every now and again, and I just I, I thought of him today when I heard the the Reese Hoskins clip that I aired. He really does sound, as he said, like a voice. He's a voice doppelganger. So, in any case, uh, that's Bill, and uh, and the encouragement again. I think it's 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 great to remember to pick up the phone and talk to somebody uh, every now and again, and, and not lose that skill, that practice, if you will. We're going to take a brief break. Robin Chambers going to check in with us briefly from. Uh, uh, Focus on the family. They have that Sea Life 2022 um, event going on tonight with Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens, and a bunch of others. And then we have Alan Jackson joining us as well from Alan Jackson Ministries. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thank you for tuning in. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. I know you're going to see me through it. AM560 WFIL.com on the app. That's Brandon Heath and See Me Through It. Working on getting Robin Chambers from Focus and the Family on the line here. In just a moment, we're going to bring her on. We're going to take an early break here and uh, and come back with Robin on the other side of that. Also, Alan Jackson from Alan Jackson Ministries is going to join us. Robin Chambers, though, first from Focus and the Family in just a moment. Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL.
Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It is 431, the Tim DeMoss Show, and we're glad to bring on board, having established contact. Houston, we don't have a problem. We have Robin. Robin Chambers. <laughs> How you doing, Robin? I'm doing well, Tim. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, I just I wanted to sneak this in here because tonight's a big night the live stream uh, yes it is it is a very big night for us in fact i'm heading there right now to wrap up some details for the evening that's great robin is executive director for advocacy for children for focus on the family which is a lot you should probably make an acronym out of that does it spell anything easy <laughs> it doesn't but tim i said my favorite title is grammy so ah. that's, that's where my priorities are <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's great well, we just want to let folks know, we've been talking about it, and we had a contest going. Folks could win a trip to Colorado Springs. Uh, the event's at Focus's headquarters, is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So it features, of course, Jim Daly is going to be speaking, the president of Focus, and people can catch that program every weekday morning on our station at 7 uh, in the evening, too. Um, and then also, uh, Phil Wickham's doing music. There's uh, Ben Shapiro. There's... Uh, Jeannie Mancini, I think, from uh, March for Life, and who, and uh, Candace Owens. I mean, that's a that's a healthy lineup right there. That is a wonderful lineup, and we're so excited to be able to host this at Focus this year. Um, we've traveled in the past, and so it's fun to have folks come to us. And really, the event is to talk about what it looks like to live in a post-grow environment. Um, and then you know, and I know, Tim, that abortion doesn't go away. It goes back to the state level. And so the speakers tonight will talk about how you can get involved in your local community and really start making abortion unthinkable. Okay. And and as far as tuning into the event, uh, what's the particulars as far as the – because there's a live stream. I'm not sure where, uh, if it's Focus's site, that's the best place to go to catch the event? It is. Just focus on the family.com backslash C Life, and that's S E E L I F E 2022. So C Life 2022. And you can register right up until the very moment it begins. And the show starts at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. So join us, and you'll hear amazing speakers. And then, of course, as you said, Phil Wickham will be doing a concert, and there'll be music woven throughout the evening. But Phil will wrap it up with a 30 minute concert. And so I'd love to have your folks join us. That sounds great. And that starts tonight. Focus's main site is it simply FOF.org, or is there a different way to do it? Just focus on the family.org, and that okay. will get them right to that site. Wonderful. Robin, thank you for taking a second out of your day here as you're driving and getting real busy, getting ready for that event tonight. God bless you as you do that. Thanks so much, and thanks so much for all of your support, and please join us. Amen. Sounds great, Robin. Have a great night. God bless you tonight. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Robin Chambers with Focus on the Family. Wanted to make sure we had a chance to have her on the program today, especially because of the big Sea Life 2022 event. And again, focusonthefamily.org. And she mentions a slash Sea Life 2022. You can get more information in the live stream for that event uh, this evening. All right. One last little quick break. And then Alan Jackson from Alan Jackson Ministry is going to join us. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. I want to make sure folks are aware of a number of the contests that are going on on our site right now, including our Ministry of the Month, Wayne Monblow, Let's Talk About Jesus. Uh, the, the kind of the, the daily prize being handed out is the book Friendship with God, which Wayne wrote, Wayne wrote back in, 19, say that three times fast, 1982, 
revised it in 2002. It has a lot of liberating scriptural truths in it, warm character studies of Abraham and Moses, and the ultimate goal, really, of friendship with God is the, God's desire to walk hand-in-hand hand with you through each day. Books brought many people into a joyous relationship with the Lord, as it says in Proverbs 18:24. Christ is our friend who sticks closer than a brother. There's a grand prize you can win as well, so get involved with all that and get the details and get entered at WFIL.com. That's our Ministry of the Month, Wayne Momblow. Let's talk about Jesus. Heard weekdays at 1130 on WAM on WFIL. Speaking of Wayne Momblow, here we go. AM 560 WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. We're very grateful to bring on board Pastor Alan Jackson. How are you doing today? We're great, Tim. It's good to be with you again. Yeah, absolutely. We love having you on each weekday morning at 6 o'clock. And, uh, of course, you have your pastoral role there in uh, Murfreesboro, if I say it correctly, right? Um, That's close enough. We're a suburb of Nashville, so if you say Nashville, I'll answer. (laughs) Okay. I have family in Chattanooga. I should know how to say Murfreesboro by now, but it's still a struggle. I get a little intimidated when I look at all those letters. So uh, We can't see cities in Tennessee until we get to the third grade. <laughs> well, so how have you been, first of all? You, there's a lot going on in your life, I'm sure, with the pastoring, the books you write, and everything else. How are you doing personally? We're doing well. Summertime is busy time in church world. We just had camp for a bunch of children on campus last week, and I'm taking a group to Israel next week. Wow. So life is busy, but that's a good thing. We we were locked down long enough. Yeah, I am finding that people are starting to get used to wandering back out, or maybe do a baseball game for the first time in a long time. Whatever it is, like okay, this is this is allowed. This is okay. This is good. So absolutely, yeah. Let's talk about. So there's a lot we could talk about, uh, but I want to make sure we maybe lead with the book that you've been working on that's coming out in August, Big Trouble Ahead. So. Take the floor, share about the creation of it, what led you to write it, and, and you know, take your time uh, sharing about it. Well, it really emerged out of some ideas that started to clarify in, at the beginning of the COVID problem and challenge. And, you know, the, the, the notion was if we could just get through those first two weeks and shelter in place, we'd all be okay. Yeah, right. And that turned into to two months, and then it was 90 days, and then it was a year. And somewhere along the way, I realized that it wasn't just a pandemic that God was doing something. He was awakening his people and trying to separate us, I think, a little bit from our idolatry of comfort and convenience. And honestly, I don't think we're finished with this season yet. I think the challenges in front of us are greater than the ones we've walked through so far. And the book really came out of some work I did trying to help prepare the congregation. I felt like we got caught a little bit and we weren't ready for the disruption. And so it's really intended to be kind of a guidebook to help us face seasons of instability and flourish in the middle of them. Uh, there's a part in, in the book, I understand, around the uh, 2020 Easter service that also was, was a big part of this uh, impetus for the book. It was. You know, we that, that Easter, I never imagined, honestly, I didn't think there was anything that could happen that would keep us from gathering for church. If a tornado hit the building, I thought I'd stand in the bed of a pickup truck and and still speak to the congregation. And that Easter, because of the pandemic and the eyes that were on us, the only service we had was live streamed. And I put on my suit and tie and came and stood in the middle of an empty sanctuary and stared at a red light. And it was a sobering moment for me um, for so many, many reasons. And I realized that the church was unprepared. You know, the problems we're facing are not the result of the 
the depravity of the ungodly or the wicked. I think they really have emerged from the indifference of the faithful. And so rather than be angry at somebody else, I started to look in the mirror and say, God, I have to be different. How can I lead this group of people differently? And how can we serve your people more effectively? And uh, we're still working on that until today. Folks, tuning in, we'll chat with Pastor Alan Jackson. Of course, Alan Jackson Ministries airs weekday mornings at 6 on WFIL. And uh, currently just chatting about the book that's coming out in August, Big Trouble Ahead, and uh, subtitled, A Real Plan for Flourishing in a Time of Fear and Deception. And I think that's a, a beautiful part of the, the, the subtitle there, the, the word flourish especially, because uh, some people may just be content to survive and hope they can get through things. But the idea that it's, we can do more than that and because God's on his throne. Absolutely. You know, gas is $5 a gallon today, and it may be higher tomorrow. But I don't think God is frightened or caught off guard. And he's still the one that we trust to meet the needs of our lives. He's not dependent upon gas being less than a dollar. We have to learn to depend on him in new ways. And so in some respects, I think it's a really exciting time. God is awakening his people to new paths and new routines and new habits. Uh, we've we've baptized more people this year than any year in the history of our church, and we baptized more people last year than any year before that. Wow. So God is doing something in the hearts of people that I've certainly never seen before. But at the same time, ungodliness and immorality is flourishing at a rate and a scope that I've never seen before. So it has a lot to do with where we focus our attention. But God will bring us through this. Yeah, you know, and, and along those lines— I'm thinking of myself, I, I'm an optimist by nature, and trusting in the Lord, and I've been, I've had my share of problems in life, and we have a daughter who's disabled, we have a lot of other challenges, but I've never been in a position where I really felt like things were slipping through my hands. I always felt like, you know, through the church, through people, through the Lord himself, that, that things are okay, God, God is in charge. But I will admit, in the last uh, year or two, not not so much COVID. I, I personally have, you know, think it's, uh, you know, I, I, to be respected, but I, I haven't been fearful of it. But but combined with all of the other things, you know, voter fraud and uh, what's going on in schools, it starts to wear on your brain a little bit. And I'm I'm being intentional about even kind of keeping those at an arm's length, and you can, almost can't get away from them. That idea of uh, where really is our confidence? You know, Tim, where is your confidence? Is your confidence in the fact that you haven't had anything huge where, you know, what if I was in another country where the government was throwing, I had to flee from my home? Like, where would my faith be then? So I, I resonate with the idea of, well, you're writing this book, I think, because I don't want to be someone who's like, yeah, things are fine. They've always been fine enough. And uh, we're slipping into an era where maybe things are more serious and we need to really double check where is our hope. Yeah, I agree with you completely, Tim. I think, for one, I think we're all suffering a little bit of tragedy fatigue. Yeah. Every time we begin a new week, there's a new tragedy, and there's another mass shooting, or there's some more horrific economic news, or the, the images from Ukraine wash over us while we have breakfast, and there, there's a kind of a sense of fatigue. But the other thing you're describing, I think, is, is precisely what we're experiencing, and Pre-COVID, at least, um, God was kind of a nice accessory to our lives. But our culture and our provided enough stability and enough opportunity that we didn't really have to depend upon God as the primary resource of our lives. Yeah. And I think what we're all beginning to sense is that those things that we've looked to in the past are no longer trustworthy. We don't even know what to trust for truth any longer. I mean, places that we thought were so stable and so steadfast, the CDC, the FBI, the WHO, it sounds like alphabet soup. Yeah. (laughs) 
even our Justice Department these days. You know, we're just not certain who we can trust, even our churches. And so it's caused us to look at our faith as something more than ornamental and to try to begin to assemble it into our lives as a foundational component again. And that's oftentimes uncomfortable, but I believe it's going to leave us in a much, much better place, more dependent upon the Lord, more aware of His voice, more willing to listen, more willing to respond. And then I think God will respond to His people in a new way, and we'll see His deliverance in some amazing ways. Amen. Amen. Pastor Alan Jackson spending a little time with us today on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL in Philadelphia. Of course, you can catch the program weekday mornings, Alan Jackson Ministries at 6. Also, he's written a number of books. I think the last time you, know, you were on the program, we were talking about God uh, Bless America again. I think it was with... Um, yeah. Um, and you've written a number of other books. This ne- next one, Big Trouble Ahead, uh, A Real Plan for Flourishing in a Time of Fear and Deception. And I understand that the Lord's Prayer is, is part of the book. And uh, just share about that, the importance of that. And, of course, not just being something you rattle off because you know how to say it, but the importance of breaking it down slowly, line by line, and really thinking on what each line means. Yeah, I think those of us that have grown up around church or been around church have probably heard the Lord's Prayer multiple times. It's even a part of our secular culture. And it's, it's a response. The disciples came to Jesus and said, John taught his disciples to pray. Can you teach us to pray? And Jesus didn't rebuke them. He said, yes, I can. So I think first and foremost, we have to understand prayer is something we learn to do. It's not intuitive. It's not innate. It's a learned skill, like learning a language. And then Jesus gave them this, this master prayer. And I think rather than imagine that it is a single prayer to be prayed, I think of it as a as a file cabinet or a file folder filled with kinds of prayers. You know, when he said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, it's about expressing honor to God. And one form of prayer is giving honor and glory to the Lord. When he said, Give us this day our daily bread, he gave us permission to ask for God's provision. Hmm. Uh, We see that all the way back in the Exodus when, I mean, God gave them manna every day. And God wants us to learn to trust him for every day. Uh, your kingdom come and your will be done. It's a it's an intercessory prayer. God, we need your will to be expressed in our cities and our communities. I think much of the nation is praying for Philadelphia these days, that God will give you wisdom and to sort out some of the challenges that are unique to your city right now. And I believe God's capable of doing that. I don't think our solutions are going to come from political sources, but I think God's answers can be delivered through political sources. And that's exciting to me. Uh, deliver us from evil. We, he, he told us that we have to pray for deliverance from evil. We're going to face that. So I, I look at the Lord's Prayer, and it's like file folders filled with categories of prayer that we want to learn to open our hearts to. Prayer is not a singular thing. It's a plural. Uh, it's uh, Prayer is like sports or vegetables. You know, if I say we're going to eat vegetables, you don't know if we're going to have corn on the cob or okra, and there's a big difference. Yeah. When we say prayer, I don't know if we're going to offer a prayer of thanksgiving or a prayer of intercession or a prayer for healing or a prayer for deliverance or a prayer for provision. And the ground rules for those different kinds of prayer are a little different. And and we need to be aware and have a comfort level to pray different kinds of prayer. And just as we develop a a palate for different kinds of fruits or different kinds of vegetables. Amen. That's a good word. And it really is because it's easy to think it's time to pray means... Just it's time to pray. Like, like, well, wait, it's more, much more dimensional than that, which is that's a great reminder. Uh, tell me, if you would, about Big Trouble Ahead, um, a real plan for flourishing in a time of fear and deception, releasing in August. 
if you had to step back from it a little bit, even just so people could hear the kind of the gist and your hope for what this book will will do, and maybe there's a lot of things, but is there a couple core things at the heart of it, would you say? Absolutely. You know, big trouble is really the kind of the plain language equivalent of tribulation. And I think when we think of tribulation, most Christians have two responses. We respond in fear, or we respond with kind of an escapist theology that God's going to get me out of here before that. Well, what COVID woke me up to is I was unprepared for disruption. And I think we've got to be more stable and more prepared, not frightened, not threatened. God is not. But if we will learn to listen to him and learn his character and his word, he will lead us through with full provision, no matter what disruptions come to our lives. So I, I don't want us to wring our hands at our, in dismay at what's happening around us. I want us to lift up our heads and be prepared for the most fruitful season that the Church of Jesus Christ in our nation has ever known. And as you were saying earlier, some of that, as you said, looking in the mirror yourself, coming from within the church perhaps more so, rather than being upset at everything around us, to double-check our own hearts. Is there any um, thing that you've seen as a pastor that tends to be more the root of why there's complacency or why we really don't depend as heavily on the Lord as, you know, is, would be would be warranted, let's put it that way? Yeah, I think for the most part, if we get really candid, we've wandered off the path. We've wanted a leader in Washington or in the Congress or the Supreme Court or someplace else to put our nation back on a path of righteousness and godliness. That's not how it happens. It has to begin around our kitchen table, and we have to have the courage to have conversations about what it means to honor God and hold one another accountable to that at the kitchen table. And then I think we can see leadership at higher levels. But why should we ask somebody else to take those risks when we're not willing to have those uncomfortable conversations with the people we love? Hmm. So we're not powerless, far the opposite. We're empowered by Almighty God. We just have to choose to honor Him with our lives. Amen. I I will tell you, if it's hopefully as an encouragement here, oftentimes I'll just try to encourage our listeners to say, you know, your life matters. And so no matter really who is in office— you're able to, unless the government outlaws it, you're able to, and even then, you're able to honor God. So on the issue of abortion, let's say, you may or may not control how that goes, but you can always take, um, hopefully, you know, someone into your home, take a woman into your home and let her have her baby and demonstrate pro-life regardless of who's in office. And, and you're able to, and there are other ways of being pro-life too, in addition to the unborn. So just so people realize that, you know, you have some resources, some have more than others, but don't feel like you have it only things are good if the right person's in office or the right situation is around you that you have hands and feet that God gave you and he'll help you honor him if you if that's what you want to do you know so absolutely we'll have better political leaders more godly political leaders and we have more godly hearts inside our churches it starts with us god will move heaven and earth for a handful of his people And I agree with you completely. A lot of rhetoric these days about protecting the children. I'm not so worried about protecting them in the schools. It's it's tragic, those losses of lives, that we lose thousands of children a day, not to gun violence in the schools, but to vacuum tubes in the hands of people in hospitals. Until we have the courage to stand up for those children, I don't think we'll ever have the courage to really protect the rest of them. Yeah. Alan Jackson, kind enough to hang out with us today a little bit on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL in Philadelphia. Website, alanjackson.com, A-L-L-E-N, jackson.com. I'm sure you get the other joke, and I won't even, well, I'll reference it, but I won't. Did you get tired of the uh, country singer comment? 
I live in Nashville, so that's a pretty <laughs> frequent thing. I have reservations. If I show up, they're really disappointed. <laughs> Wait, can you can you sing Chattahoochee? Not really, but I can preach I on could. Revelation. Can you? If I sing, you'll need healing in the memory. <laughs> Tell you know something. Tim, yes, what you're doing. I thank you for your time. Your listeners can pre-order that book if they want to, just wherever they buy books. Amen. Amen. Hey, can I ask you one other quick question about something on the site that I saw was really cool, the whiteboard Bible study set? Sure. Yeah, that's just so folks know, because I haven't seen something like this ever, which is really, really neat. It's three study guides, three DVDs, and it's it covers, you, I think it's a timeline. You break the Bible down. And I'll let you just explain a little bit if you wouldn't mind. It's a great little tool. What I realized was so many of the people in the church know the stories of the Bible. They know about Daniel in the lion's den and Jonah and the whale, but they have no idea about the big story of the Bible. So if they had to put Jonah on a timeline in relation to Isaiah and their eternity depended on it, they'd be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So we built this little tool. We, we recruited some, some just brilliant animators to do some whiteboard, whiteboard drawings, and they did some little two-minute sketches. And then out of that, I built a 12-point timeline of the Bible. And with just a little bit of focus, you can put that timeline in your heart, and you can take every biblical story you know then and arrange it in chronological order. The Bible isn't arranged that way. It's 66 books written by different people over a broad period of time, and then they didn't arrange the books chronologically. So you're not slow that you can't put it together. It's an unusual presentation. And the whiteboard Bible is something that's fun. The, the kids will do it with you. Or you can do it as a small group study or a Sunday school class. or It's just a great tool, and it, you'll come out of it with a lot more confidence in reading your Bible. You know, it's funny. I don't know if this came up in the creation of the Whiteboard Bible Study set, but when I taught Sunday school for a year when my son was in first grade, my co-teacher, co co uh, initially she, she reminded me because I wanted to just kind of have a sit and conversation with the kids. I didn't want to have all these materials specifically. I just want to talk with them and have them talk back, more heart issues. And she said, that's fine, Tim, but remember, some people are visual learners, or they learn differently. And I'm thinking this whiteboard Bible study set might really resonate with some people who can, just the opportunity to see with the words that you put in there, might really, and not only help them put it in order, but help them understand it better. Absolutely. And I've done it now with hundreds and hundreds of people, and it really is a helpful tool. You know, I've used it in the church for more than 30 years, and then we put it together kind of so we could help share it in a broader way. And it takes something that's a little complicated, and it makes it so accessible that the children can learn it, and it'll bring some meaning to those of us that have been wandering around this world for a while. <laughs> and some fun, too. Last two things, if I can ask you. One is simply because and you've already addressed the church a bit. We have a lot of folks who listen to the radio station by nature of the medium that aren't believers. Any thought or word to those who are listening right now who have maybe heard about this Jesus but haven't accepted him yet? Yeah, yes, I do. You know, I think probably the, the biggest hurdle to get over is this notion that making space in your life and your thoughts for Jesus is a diminishment, that he's going to take something away from you. And I think that's a very unfortunate misconception, because my experience has been any place in my life where I've cooperated with Jesus, my life's gotten better. My relationships have gotten better. My peace of mind has gotten better. My fear has been diminished. My confidence and my courage to face the challenges that comes to everybody's lives, all of those things have improved the more I have made space in my life for Jesus. So I don't want people to be more religious. I don't even necessarily want them to be more churched. 
I think they can begin to have an honest conversation and say, Jesus, if you're real, I'd like to know you. Uh, I'd like to understand what that means to make space in my life for you. And if they'll make that step, I trust him to meet them. That's far better than being more religious. Amen. And the last question, simply how people can pray for you. Well, my most consistent prayer when people ask is that I would have God's wisdom. You know, I'm conscious that I'm living in a place where my intellect is inadequate. On my best day, I can't heal a gnat's wing. (laughs) And on most days, I'll interact with people that are facing some very serious life challenges. And we need God's wisdom on how to navigate those. So I would covet anyone who would pray that I would have God's wisdom in the day. Amen. Can I say a brief prayer before we wrap up? Please. Lord, thank you for our time together. And we uh, pray that you have used this for your glory and also ask that the book that's coming out, Big Trouble, later on this year, Big Trouble Ahead, would be a blessing to the church and an encouragement. I pray you bless Pastor Jackson from the pulpit and also in his travels abroad and every other demand. I pray that he would, in the midst of even being very busy, have a, a peace and realize that his strength comes from you and that you would lift him up and would provide and continue to provide quality people around him to help him with the ministry and the furthering of the gospel and lifting you up so others can be drawn to you. Jesus name. Amen. And for wisdom, because he asked for that too. Amen. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. Thank you for what you're doing there with WFIL. Hey, thank you for what you're doing. Keep up the great work. All right. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. Alan Jackson, pastor of World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, also host of the Alan Jackson Ministries radio broadcast weekday mornings at 6 on WFIL. You can find out more about the ministry, alanjackson.com, A-L-L-E-N, jackson.com. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Thanks for listening to The Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.